Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome everyone to the PJ's Cast. I'm your host Pierce. Joined here today with Jimmy. How's it going, Jimmy? Hey yo, going all right. Uh been off of twitter so i can say that my sanity is all there good job all right <laughs> we stand a healthy king exactly can go on toxic social media yeah i haven't really been on twitter either like i've been kind of looking through but like i haven't really posted much or anything just because it's kind of been cancerous i guess overwhelming man so it's, fucking it's overwhelming really, it's, right it's, now. A, it's a lot right now and and i'm not like trying to hide from what's like what's going on right now but it's just like Everything just seems to be so like, oh man, what's the correct word? Like, force fed. Uh, sorry, what? It feels like it's force fed. Like you can, yeah. you know, like I, I feel like at least I, I've been keeping up on this stuff. I just don't do it on there because I feel like on Twitter, it feels like their job is to to shove it in your face. And I mean, I get it. You want, uh, you want traffic in there. That's their job. But I don't know. You can do it like it's too much. You know. It's it's as simple as that. Yeah, it's unapologetic. It's, it's frustrating. Okay, yeah. So. All right, so, yeah, I know it's been a while since we've done podcasts. I know kind of last time we took a break as well, and we said we're going to kind of get back into it, but just personal stuff, all that. And it's kind of been a weird time right now in terms of, like, news and hockey. We're going to get into that. We'll talk about the the, the draft lottery. That's going to be fun. We'll talk about the Canucks Wild Series. And do you have anything else that you uh, want to bring up? that's kind of the main points we're trying to get oh for sure yeah i think uh now you hit in the head like right there is the uh the draft you know this whole covid situation with the nhl the yeah we're gonna talk today about the wild and the canucks but uh i think uh let's just hop right into it talk about the draft and how uh how much the nhl uh sucks for uh, that. it's the most nhl thing that yeah like um poor Detroit dropping from one to four. They had what sixteen or seventeen wins. They were by far the worst team this year and one of the worst teams in like twenty plus years and just they get dropped down to four. The thing about this draft is it's so deep that you're gonna get like an elite cornerstone player, but it's nothing is it's not Alexi Lafreniere. <laughs> no, it's not a team that is a like a playoff contender. Well, I bet if you're Alexi Lafreniere you're probably Jack because you actually get to go oh, to yeah. team that's not horrible. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like, uh, God, what's his face Jack used last year? Like when uh, – I mean, it was when the, the Devils – remember when they uh, they posted the interview where they were talking to him after the uh, Devils won the lottery and it hadn't aired yet? Like we didn't know for sure yet, but like he was uh, – he just looked like his soul was crushed. He was going to New Jersey. Yeah, like if you're from Alexi Lafreniere's perspective, you're probably Jack, like – one of the teams that will drop out and the thing is it's like uh 
the bottom eight teams that are in those those eight playoff series. So like the Blackhawks would be in it. Like say if the season were to be canceled, the Blackhawks would be in it at twelve point five percent chance because it's one and eight. And then the Canadians, can't remember the rest of the teams are, but like I oh know. my god, imagine he goes to Montreal. They would uh, Honestly, oh my god. I love him in Montreal, but I know a lot of people would be pissed off. But like that's perfect for them. That's like their Mark Bergevin would like oh my god, that man would die. He would have a job. Friend, yeah, <laughs> but dude, friend, like he's he's you know French Canadian dude. Come on, he would he's that would perfect. be and like exactly they, the they perfect. They got centers fit. now, and now they just need like that winger support. Who better to get yeah. than Lafreniere, honestly? And think about Lafreniere; he's gonna be good for next year, and he's gonna be good for the next fifteen years. It's not gonna be like a first overall pick where he kind of stumbles out the gate, kind of like Jack Hughes last year, like Lafreniere. Yeah, like bust Hughes. He's played. Yeah. He's played three full QMJHL seasons. I want to say he's won Cicho Player of the Year two years in a row now. And it's just ridiculous all the accolades he has. He's won gold medal with Canada at the World Juniors, got MVP. Like, what hasn't this guy not done? So, oh, yeah. So whoever he goes to, hopefully it's the Blackhawks. If it somehow works out that way, that would be fucking awesome. Just thinking of a line of, like, Lafreniere, Dak, and, like, I don't know. Canada. I just can't wait till it's fucking Pittsburgh. Oh yeah, it's all funny. Really gonna be Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh, yeah. Like you mm. can just plug them in, put them with Mel across beer milk, and wouldn't that be wouldn't that be kind of cool? Oh my god, you like, could... would hate Pittsburgh. Wouldn't that be kind of cool? Left for near Crosby, both and Malkin on the same on, one. Uh, both play on Ramuski. Yeah, first overall Canadians, all that. Like, oh yeah, that's actually yeah. I actually do like that. That would be like the only good standpoint, but like for the rest of that, just be shit. But yeah, I feel <laughs> I like I like it as a story. I hate it as literally everything else. Yeah. I feel bad for Detroit. I mean, I know the Blackhawks and the Red Wings have had that rivalry. It's kind of simmered down the past couple of years. It was kind of funny, but like at the same time, you're like, oh, that, they had nothing to cheer about this year, and then like they just dropped back to four. Oh yeah. Oh, it's just the worst. I can't remember where LA was, but I th- I still think they're in a good position at number two. Um, it's not Lafreniere, but they're probably gonna get Quentin Byfield, and they already have a ridiculously good. Uh, prospect pool especially on centers they have of course they drafted alex turkal last year they drafted uh oh yeah rasmus Kapari yeah. the year before that they drafted uh akil thomas in the second round and then they drafted gabriel velarde who thank god has finally got on track after his injuries yes one of them is going to shift to the wing but like that's a good problem to have where you have too many centers if that's what they go with byfield and then you got like cowley have like they just have an absurd amount of good forward prospects and that that opens up that door for the possibility of the LA Kings look for their potential Drew Doughty replacement. Do they look at Jamie Drysdale at number two? There's been some like rumors about that. I don't know, but I absolutely yeah. think they should go Byfield because you want a, a center replacement for Anze Kopitar, your big center. Who better than uh, Quentin Byfield? But I wouldn't yeah, go Drysdale there. But like Quentin Byfield, oh, absolutely. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't even think about it. Quentin Byfield but... and. Alex Turkow is your one-two punch going forward, man. That's like that's perfect. Oh, it's insane. Yeah. <laughs> and with all those centers you have, like you'd use that as a position of strength. If you really want to get that uh, top end defenseman, then that's what you do. You always draft the best player available and never for need unless it's like just so close between these two players and it's like I need a center and the center this the center and defenseman are so good that they're equal and I need that center, then you go with the center. But like never where it's like yeah, I'm going to draft per position, even though when there's, like, another position, that's way better. So, yeah, I, I totally don't quit my field there. Ottawa, they went, like, 
three and five. This was this, yeah. This was by this the third overall pick is by way of San Jose. So yeah, even though the Auto Centers kind of got a little screwed, like number three and number five, they're still gonna get like. A oh, little... in this draft, it's you, they, they if they don't pick Lucas Raymond, I mean. They can go. The thing is, they can go anyone here. Like if oh, somehow, if somehow LA takes uh, Drysdale at number two, <laughs> Quinn oh Flatt, like, jump to uh, jump, or uh, drop to number three, and then Ottawa gets them. That'd be like best case scenario for them. And then like say, um, they get one of Raymond or Rossi or Stutzla at number five. Like it's just. I could totally see them that happening. I could, you know, I want to hit on that. Do you think? Do you think there's any chance that the Red Wings trade up to LA's position? Number two, yeah. I oh, mean, I, I really don't think so because, um, because I mean, LA dude, LA could you could still get Drysdale. That's true. I don't know if Detroit would want Drysdale because they have they have Sire, they have Chronic, I think, on the right side, which is okay. Yeah. They could go Drysdale, but I know, like, I think they want to go for it. I have no idea. Well, that's what I mean. Is like if they trade up to like to number two with LA, you could LA. I mean, like LA could still like LA could trade back to four. You aren't. Insured, you'd get Drysdale, but chances are, you know, I wouldn't think that Ottawa would, would take him. I mean, I don't I know. Well, I know Detroit has been linked to Tim Stutzel, and the thing I saw was Sam Constantino from uh, Sportsnet. He said that the he thought the Detroit Red Wings would really take a long look at Cole Perfetti at four, which is really interesting. But the thing is, with mm. uh, Detroit, I think Chris Osgood is uh like a part part owner of the Saginaw Spirit, which is who Cole Perfetti plays for. And yeah. one of their prospects, Alvin Gruve, who's from Sweden, he's actually going to Saginaw. So they would have a lot of connections to Saginaw. So right. I wonder if you take Cole Perfetti. I don't think that they trade back because just how often do you really see teams trade into like that number two spot, like that, the high yeah. draft. Yeah. But it would be yeah. fun. I don't think it's likely. No, do I, I think, think they should? Happen. I think... I think I think it actually would work great for both teams. I wish it would happen, but yeah, it'd be nice I don't see it actually happening though. It'd be nice to see, but like oh, sure. Detroit, they're gonna get an elite player. So are the Kings. So there's really no point in trading down. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. Let's see. Oh, pause. Like since there's a little bit of silence there. Do yeah. you hear me? Because you could edit this out, of course. Do you hear um, yourself when you're talking? Oh, no, that's I, good. You can. Your audio is perfecto. Okay, because I forgot to put earbuds in. I was like, I uh, feel like I forgot something. I forgot to put earbuds in, so like your voice is coming out of my laptop. Oh no no no! I can't hear anything. Oh thank God. Okay, then I guess yeah, this mic thing is working like a fucking gem. Okay, awesome. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, one two three. So uh, yeah, uh, so I guess it's kind of a uh, kind of an obvious thing. There's uh, an issue with having, uh, you know, a qualifying round team at number one, but I guess at this point, there's nothing, nothing you can do about yes, it. The NHL is the NHL. Happen. And one thing you can't argue against is it definitely uh, definitely brought attention. <laughs> and if yeah. that's what the NHL wants right now, they certainly got it. Yeah. Oh, I want to – God, let me look at it. I think – look at the or. Um, didn't Buffalo drop to eight? I think so, yeah. I think they're at oh number eight. I think it's New Jersey seven, then Anaheim six, and then, of course, oh, dude. Detroit Anaheim's four. Anaheim's going to be scary for, like, Anaheim could be scary. Yeah, they're going to get an elite player, too. And as much as New Jersey uh, and Buffalo got screwed over, they're going to get an elite player, too, because a draft is just that good, especially that top end of the draft, like the top eight. 
God, I can't wait for Anaheim Duck Jake Sanderson to take the stage. Yeah, that's nothing against the player, but like that. Oh my God, I, I really hope something. Like top ten discussions, at least in my opinion. But I know. Oh, a, lot no, of, yeah. a lot of like scouts think highly of them, and looking at the. Ooh. Hang on, I even have the Bob McKenzie list. I brought it up just in case we kind of talked about. It, but like, yeah, he's at number eight. Yeah, I see. I don't think he's a bad player by any means. I don't holding against him personally. I just don't. And I know that these scouts have their, you know, they have the jobs. I don't, but yeah, that's I don't know. Like, but I just, I don't, I don't see what they see in him. So if they know something, I don't. Fantastic. I'm sure they know plenty that I don't. And yeah, I have Bob yeah. McKenzie's list. I kind of wanted to bring that up too. Um, number one, of course, Alexi Lafreniere. Here's where it gets interesting. Number two, Tim Stutzla. Um, hmm. I, I read this like graph where it's like um, Bob McKenzie's rankings compared to. Uh, like the actual the actual draft, how it goes. Yeah. And the thing about Bob McKenzie's rankings, if you don't know this, um, like he actually surveys scouts. It's not him just saying like his per- personal preference. It's him actually surveying uh, NHL oh. scouts and just asking him who they think is the best and all that. And interesting oh, thing wow. is Tim Stutzla at second. And every, like, I think the past five years, like, I'm pretty sure it might even go like further than that, but like the past five years, at least since the McDavid uh, draft, like the top two, who Bob McKenzie has had at the top two, have gone top two in like in that order. Um, wow! So it'll be interesting this year if you know watching Tim Stutzla go second would be interesting, or just watching that Buck Bean trend where someone else drops uh, jumps into second. But uh, yeah, you know, just, super would not be a bad fit for LA at all. No. Um, no. Quinn Byfield, like, I I personally thought at the beginning of the year just because he's almost a full year younger than Alexi Lafreniere, and he has that tool set of, like, that toolkit of just being 6'4", scaling, like, the one incredible puck skills and that chance to be, like, a franchise center. But I thought he could potentially challenge for number one, and there are definitely some inconsistencies to this to his game. He didn't have a really good world junior, but, again, what I brought up earlier is, like, he's almost a full calendar year younger than... Alexi Lafreniere, there's even been like rumors that he would have to go back to the OHL. I'm not sure. It kind of depends, but like Alexi see, Lafreniere, yeah. he's going to be in your lineup. He's going to be good. Like he's like the mixture of like a safe bet, but also going to be a franchise player. So yeah, it's not surprising, but like Quentin Byfield dropping a three, I, I just, I just don't see how he dropped the three. Like obviously there's some inconsistencies to his game, but there's just the toolkit there. It's kind of like Kirby Doc from last year. The, the toolkit right, right. I, I don't know. But no, I think you're saying, yeah, all the tools there, it's more about just putting it all together. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, I feel like he's not even 18 yet either. There was something you were saying um, about a God, I think this was back when uh, we had uh, Charlie on the podcast, noted best friend of the podcast, Charlie Romeliotis. Um, oh, yes. Is that, um, um, oh my God. Just lost my thought. Uh, it was that you, it's the question: Do you want Patrick Kane or do you want Evgeny Malkin? And not that they're oh, exactly yeah, the same like player, but and Quinn Byfield, yeah. yeah. I kind of hate like looking back at that. I kind of hate that comparison because like I don't really like comparisons. But like if if best case scenario, Quinn Byfield, oh no, yeah, just like Malkin center, like just this kind of in that no, ballpark like, of being just a big giant center, incredibly skilled, can skate well as well, and then Tim Stutzler just being. Like kind of Patrick Kane, kind of being that ball, right? Right. Smooth, it's not that like, um, I guess it's not the comparison that I, I think is great, but it's the idea. Like, what player? Like, what kind of player do you want? And I'm not saying 
like you, you know, we always say draft the best player available, but I guess you, I mean, could you like, what do you think? Could you argue that Tim Stutzla is better than Quentin Byfield? I I really don't think so. No, I think Stutzla is no. going to be good, and but man, just Byfield, just he potentially could be the best player in this class. Like I think he can be better than Lafreniere. It's just right now, it's always recency bias, you know. Yeah. Now I ask you that. Here's the real question: Do you think old hockey men are going to go? Oh, he's a year younger. We don't want him. Uh, honestly, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the that's thing is, the thing. Like, yeah, I think these old white hockey men, like it, it'd be interesting because like these old white hockey men also have Tim Stutzla at number two, a German player, exactly. In a lesser scouted league, so that's <laughs> lesser scouted league, and it's weird because Byfield is like the he's like the the he's got a little bit of each when it comes to he's not what the, what they love and what they hate. He's his big big body. And but he's also a year younger, which for some reason terrifies hockey men. I don't. I don't get think it, it does, I, but like, I, I, it hurts his case definitely. That's what I'm saying. But like, I don't. I don't think it should hurt his case. Like, anything that should like be for him. It's like this guy. He's not even 18 yet, but he has all. The that's tools. what I think. When we got when the, the Hawks drafted Volkfist, I'm like, oh, this guy's like one of the youngest players in the draft. They got like if he was a little bit older. Or a little bit younger, he would have he could have challenged Jack Hughes for the number one spot. Like he could have been in the one, two, three conversation, no question. He was in the he was for the longest time he was in the number three spot in his own draft. So what um what I don't understand is I know that it's one year and yeah, there's the business side of things. You know, it's you know it's a league of what have you done for me recently and whatnot. But I don't – I mean, with a guy like Byfield, I feel like why not give up one – like wait one year and you're going to get 20 years of a monster. Yeah. Like it really – like it's one year, yes. Like he's a year younger, but like I will give one year to have the guy who would probably be first overall if he was a year older or a little bit older. And that's another thing. I remember just being like – the Quinn Hughes Adam Bofist debate. Well, like one thing, it they're makes pretty much sense. a year apart. And well, honestly, I think Quinn Hughes is just better. But oh, for sure, yeah. But like, but Bofist, like he's still going to be good. But like, yes, you're making that comparison. Just like, keep in mind, they're a year, pretty much a year apart. And at that time, it's like a huge difference in development. Also, completely different players. Yeah, like well, McCarr and Hughes are actually pretty. I'd say they're more comparable. That one, that conversation still is like, of course, it's going to happen because, you know, they're the top rookies of this of this year. Um, well, behind Dominic Kubelik. Um, uh, <laughs> but um, no, but like those those two players, I feel like they're at least a little more comparable um, in the sense that they're just, you know, they're I mean, you know, solid defensively. You know, they're not they're they're not the Eric Carlson mold. Um the way Adam Bokefist is they're they're better in both ends of the ice than he is. They're, they're guys who can, you know, quarterback the power play, which yes, Bokefist can do, but they actually are, they're much more sound defensively, um, which Bokefist, that's like the last thing you, you know, that's something he has to work on. Yeah, um, right. So I feel like, yeah, I just feel like with Bokefist and Hughes, it's just apples to oranges. It's just, you're not, it's not the same thing. And Top five, kind of around the top five for Bob McKenzie's ranking. Number four, Jamie Drysdale, and then 
number five, Cole Perfetti. So I knew you it. Kind of see, you kind of see Cole Perfetti rising up by number four, James for while, it? it honestly doesn't surprise me that James Drysdale is in the top five because I read this the last time a, top, a defenseman didn't go in the top five was 2003, that crazy-ass 2003 draft. Oh, God, yeah. But that's that's pretty funny that that was the last year that didn't happen. But yeah, you like bet pretty much. Uh, James Drysdale is going to go in the, the top five, and Cole Perfetti is an interesting one because I do don't mind Cole Perfetti, but he's incredibly smart. He's skilled, and he's just as good as a shooter as he is a playmaker. But the thing about Cole Perfetti is he's very much uh, he's not a very like dynamic skater. He often slows the game down, kind of like Kirby Doc, honestly. But, yeah, reminds me of uh, what's his face? Um. You mentioned that you know it actually reminds me. That, oh God, isn't Perfetti? He's a bit of a shorter, about five nine, I five ten. Only like five ten. Yeah, he's not a, not yeah. a boy. God, what was it? Somebody on TSN said he's like the next Patrick Kane scorer or something like that. Eh, I can kind of see it. It's just like I don't. Well, I don't see it at all. But like, I just thought that was a bit like I. I, I mean, maybe the style. I don't know, but I think of um, and there's a lot more players like this, but for some reason. I mean, well, the obvious reason I'm a Hawks fan, I think of a guy like Alex to not like where he's not really that great of a skater, but he just knows where to be. That's like, I've, yeah, I was watching Perfetti's totally tape. True. Like Perfetti knows where to get into the, like the soft spots of the ice. Like, you know, right. where to be. God, don't, I hope nobody takes that as a comparison. I'm not saying he's the next, like, I'm not going to, yeah, like that. I'm not trying to say he's Alex to 2.0 or make some lazy comparison, but I do think he has that aspect of the game where yeah he really you can you watch his his tapes he's not the best skater but i think he you said he does a great job of like slowing the game down he he, he's he's so smart he has great hockey sense yeah very smart player um i just don't know uh my thing with him and uh you know just from watching his uh watching his tapes highlights whatever you want to call it um uh, the thing with him is i feel like he just doesn't have that – I mean, I don't know if he has the raw talent um, aside from his hockey sense to justify being a top five pick. I, I see him more like a five, like a six to ten. Yeah, me too. Right. I think I yeah. just outside of like number ten. I can't remember. My yeah. Like I, moment. You could totally – I'm sure you could surprise and, uh, and you know, end up being like a 30-30 you know, guy, you know. But I don't know if you want – I just don't know. I don't know. There's just something about that pick that worries me. I don't know what it is exactly. But, yeah, I don't know. I, like you said, yeah, somewhere around like the late – the later in the top ten, just outside the top ten. Is like right. the eight to ten range. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, oh, well, I'm not a hockey GM, so what do I know? <laughs> what do we know? We know nothing. Exactly. We're just two schmucks doing a podcast. And yeah. Speaking of schmucks, schmucks, St. Yeah. Louis Blues. Are we? Are we going to get into that right yeah. now? Yeah. Oh, I was going to talk a bit more about the rankings. But... I thought that was, that's probably one of my best transitions. No, yeah. that was a good. That was a good transition. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I just want to. I just want to bring up the disrespect to Lucas Raymond and Marco Rossi at number six and number seven. Oh my God! Yeah. Respectively, I don't get what's the hate with them. Like. Lucas Raymond behind doors. So, he has all the skills and everything from everything I've heard. He's this Mitch Marner type play, player, good playmaker, also underrated shot, plays at a high pace, just everything you want in the hockey player. And he's also responsible defensively. Like every like charter metric I've read from the Swedish Hockey League, when he's on the ice, 
his line is is like generating a lot a big like uh big percentage of the chances and I just I just don't get it I well, understand he didn't get any time but he's also on a stack yeah. for a longer team I, I I don't understand why Lucas Raymond is getting all this hate but yeah I, yeah I I don't I I've never understood it and I mean I understand that there are things you know like behind closed doors locker room things that you know we're not going to know about because that's just it's not you know something you usually hear about you hear about it to an extent, but that's just not something that's going to be put out there, you know, in the open, maybe not until around the draft. But I, yeah, I just, it, it, there has to be something because I don't know. I mean, there's my eye test, but there's also, like you said, there's the underlying statistics. There's all the people who they're are both in favor of them. Yeah, exactly. It's all, yeah. Like I, I don't see what, why you wouldn't take this guy, maybe even top four. Like I know Jamie Drysdale, best defenseman, but if we're talking about the best player available, I think he is easily number four. Personal bias, I could even see him being above Tim Stutzla. Hmm? He should be at least a at least a top five pick. Honestly, I have him at oh easily. I have him like I would. Man, I mean, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be offended if he was put just above Stutzla. But like that's. I I think he is better than Stutzla. I have him ahead of Stutzla in my last rankings. Yeah, I, I, that's. I mean, I feel like it's a little bit of a personal bias myself, like for me to say that. But I, I just, I don't know, man. Everything I've watched of him, like, I, I don't know. I think he's the full package. Like, yeah, I, oh, I would, God, I would, if he somehow, if the Hawks end up at, like, say they don't win, you know, say they lose and they end up at, like, nine or eight and Eskarov's gone. Like, I pray to God that hockey men stay hockey men and he falls to the Hawks because, man, be I, like, I would be happy to see Patrick Kane give him a few passes for yeah. the next few seasons. Or oh, my Kirby God. Doc. Yeah, and then for the next 15 years, Kirby Doc. Yeah, exactly. Oh, my God. That would just be the dream. And then my personal favorite player this draft, Mark Rossi, number seven. I don't get the disrespect yes. either. I, well, actually, I kind of do. He is five foot nine. Not that he can help that. He's from Austria. I bet that has a uh, factor. Short there, King love, like, man. Short Kings need respect, too. Like, <laughs> like he had – he led this whole entire CHL in scoring, and that includes Alexi Lafreniere, who's going first overall. And Yeah. Again, not big, but he just works his ass off. And on top of that, he's incredibly skilled. Like he's just yeah, works hard, loves the game, man. What's not to like? I know. Like if he's Canadian and like six feet, yeah. I bet you he's right up there. Yeah, like, I bet. I bet his height and nationality have a bit of a factor in that. But uh, oh, for sure. I want to see. I want to say like I saw this tweet and Marco Rossi's like point per game season is right up there with Connor McDavid's draft. Holy <laughs> so, shit. Like, I is he older? I is Marco Rossi older than a lot oh, of players? He, he's older. This, that's, that might be another thing. Rossi's only like I think a few days or like a week or so eligible for last year's draft but like he, he was just so good that like that's not really even a factor oh no for sure i just think whereas yeah, like Quentin Byfield, where it's like he's almost a year younger than lafreniere and like he just didn't have a like he was just kind of inconsistent like but he's like a 17 year old most of the time but like Margot Rossi, he just he was like the best player in this you can argue in the chl the OHL, right right maybe even the CHL. Like, to the great. point I had made about Byfield being a year younger, you know, or close to a year younger, but I don't, okay, like, I don't see, I understand that he's a little bit older, but like, it's not, you, like you said, you don't ignore the season he's had. You you can't ignore that. No. He was absolutely dominant in juniors this year. And yeah, like, oh, I'm sure if he's Canadian, he's 
at least the top four, at least. I mean, God, he'd probably even be in the top three if he was Canadian. He might even man, fuck with the way that scouts are trained by Phil. He might be in the discussion for number two. Yeah, exactly. So hey, if uh, hey, if you know, if uh, GMs want to think the same way, if you want to give us Raymond or Rossi, I'm not complaining, not at all. No, he's not. Like I, I don't know, man. Like he, it's 2020. It's we're halfway through 2020, and Hockey GMs still still don't like short players. They're, they're, I don't get it, man. I don't get it. And pretty much Mark Rossi does everything in his favor to like dispel the short player. I think he works his ass. Again, he works his ass off. He's yeah. incredibly skilled in both ends. Of, like, what more do you want, man? Like, what more does he have to do? Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. You know what? I want to pull up. Okay, well, sorry. I, I, I forgot to... I mentioned the blues. Okay, the blues. We'll get into that in a second. But oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Want... <laughs> oh no, dude. <laughs> I I am. I will gladly talk about the disrespect to short king Marco Rossi because that is. And, oh and my your, god. And your boy Lucas Raymond. Yeah, exactly. Oh, why can't we get the love we deserve? Yeah. Uh, let's see. Give me one second. My computer can just chill the f out here. Chill the freak out, dude. Seriously. I'm freaking sick and tired of this. Let's see. Sick of the All disrespect right. of Marco Rossi and Lucas Raymond. <laughs> exactly. So I'm not, I don't understand, and I hear this a lot, is um, that people's arguments, well, you know, these short players, they do well in the regular season, but playoff time comes around, and where are they to be seen? Like, oh, okay, so God. Daniel Breguer. Right. Okay. So, and it's not the best example, but a guy like Brian Gianta is still 70 points in 113 games. It's not something to, to just like, you know, brush off. You've got Mitch Marner, who's been fantastic with the Leafs in the playoffs. That's another guy who's, you know, undersized and guy you, you know can. You know who Mitch Marner is like? Lucas Raymond. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. A lot like him. That's, that's a comparison that, like, I actually think is perfectly fair because they a lot like each other. Hell, even the shot is a lot, a lot like the, a lot like each other. And I like, I'm someone who, uh, the one thing I feel like I will compare, um, or that I'll say, oh, he, this player is like, this player is maybe like just their form, you know, oh, this guy skates like this guy, little things like that. Not that they're going to be that exact player, but not only does he have the same style to his game and everything, like, you know, the, he's responsible both ends of the ice, great skater, great shot, good one T. Like, he, he could put up the same kind of reduction. It's not crazy to say he could end up hitting the 100 point mark in his career. Like that's not, you know, insane to think about Raymond at all. At least I don't think, but they even, they, I mean, honestly, they just, they look a lot like the same player out there sometimes. And I'm pretty sure they're around the same height. I'm not totally yeah, probably. sure. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, no, I don't. And even like, well, speaking of, you know, shorter guys, Patrick Kane, I'm sorry. He's not five ten. He, he's five nine. Yeah, he's like five eight or five nine. He's five nine point four five, but can you make it five ten for me? Like he's yeah, he's yeah. a shorter it's like, player. It's like Johnny Gaudreau. Like he's like it says he's five nine. I'm like no, you're like five he's seven not. or even five six. You're not a tall dude. I would love to pull up like the statistics of players five ten and shorter, and put them up against players taller than that, or maybe like five eleven and shorter. That's because cool. like you know, Sydney put it up against and, like you know. someone like six four, six five and above, and like. Yeah, yeah. Like I don't, I don't know. I don't know. 
just hockey men suck, but whatever. Um, they're, they're old and white, obviously. Speaking of people who suck, the St. Louis Blues, five. Oh, yeah, no. Hangers, right again. Amazing transition. But five players tested positive. Well, not five players, four players, and one coach. coach. Yeah, test positive for COVID 19. And the St. Louis Blues shut down their practice facility. Um, they, it From what I was reading, it sounds like they went to a bar and that might yeah, have been where. I, I, I was just going to bring yeah. that up. Like they're at a bar and. The start of this whole thing for me, it's like, do NHL play are NHL players taking this seriously? Because um, yeah, I forget who the tweet was, but like I, I don't even have it pulled up or anything. But it was something to the effect of like, a, like a big majority of NHL players are like kind of like at least at the very least skeptical about kind of joining back or don't want to at all. And the thing with the NHL is. <laughs> Are they gonna actually come out as like saying no? I don't want to. Uh, no, because that's very like anti NHL. Usually NHLs just go with the flow and never like go against anything. And it's, it's, it's you know status quo. Cool. So whether people like the you know the word I'm using or not, because politics, whatever, I don't care. It's a very conservative league. Not even just the politics definitely. side it's of it. It's the mentality. People. Yeah, you don't question it. You know, it's hockey culture, hockey culture. You don't question it. You don't talk. You don't say anything. You don't have personality. And right now, this is something where, like, you know, I think we can both agree it's it's intensely frustrating because this is some this is a situation where people need to be talking up. Like, I've seen, uh, to be quite honest, I haven't been really uh, keeping up with like most of their sports besides hockey. And even then, I've just been focusing more on concussion recovery. That's a whole thing. But I. Uh, I, I've seen, I see headlines from the score on my phone. Like, you know, this NBA player is, you know, going to sit out the playoffs. This other player is going to sit out yeah, the playoffs. And like, it sucks as a fan, sure. But like, are we really These going human to want to support they so much? They have families, they have friends. Yeah, like, are we, I know they're paid to entertain and to, and to do this and whatnot. Yeah, but this is something where people could be putting their entire lives at risk. Like, are we going to be that, are we going to be that narrow-minded? Because I'm sorry, that's immensely insulting to the humanity of just people for crying out loud. Like these, like you said, these guys have families. They have, you know, maybe they have a girlfriend, a wife. I mean, they have, come on, dude, everyone's got somebody. And for crying out loud, like if these guys do want to sit out, they're, they're perfect. They're in their power to do so. They don't have to do this. And the issue is that, you know, things like this are happening. I'm pretty sure it was, it was something like I read, I could double check it. It was a 15 and about two fifty players have tested positive or yeah i think it was the players and that doesn't even count coaches if i'm right or like any kind of staff or like media yeah or any staff like yeah yeah i think hold up let me i'll try to pull up but uh yeah no i i don't if i'm completely honest i don't think i want the nhl to come back sure like i'd love that but i don't think it should i really don't think the nhl should come back well Here's my thing. If you like, if you want to play the rest of the NHL season, like go, go at it. But like, you gotta make sure that you're like in your bubble. Like, if you're in Edmonton, stay in the hotel. Don't go out anywhere. Like, going to the bars. Go to a fucking bar. Most Blues players do not like you can really do anything in Edmonton, anyways. Oh my god. That's that's why I think Edmonton's like the perfect place. You got like a brand new arena, so everything will be well maintained and. But there's, well, there's really nothing you can do. So, like, they'll kind of almost be forced to. But, like, 
the people that want to go and want to get it done, like they need to know like the like the repercussions, what bad could happen. And if the people that want to stay home with their families or feel uncomfortable not going, then they should have all the right to. They shouldn't be putting their lives at risk. But if you want to do it, go right ahead. But the NHL needs to put like a guideline of how to stay safe and all that. And I very much want hockey to come back, but not at the expense of lives because like yeah. if someone gets sick, even if someone gets sick, they might not be, they might not, not ever breathe the same for the rest of their lives. You know, like maybe if, yeah. like, let's say for example, Austin Matthews, like let's say like that, because obviously he tested positive for that. Yeah. Um, let's see, like, even if like his lung capacity is like an 80% of what it used to be, like that's, that's, that's still the entire career. That's not a hundred percent. Like that could really shorten his career. That could affect him yeah. when he's older. There's just so many side effects. If the NHL can pull this off, I desperately want them to, to pull it off. Do it the right way. Yeah, but you need to do it the right way. You need to inform your players what the risks are. You need to put a guideline, and people and players that want to join should absolutely be able to. They should need to know the risk, though. And people who don't want to join because they have families that they're worried about, friends and close ones, and they shouldn't. That's my whole thing about it. Yeah, I guess I'm kind of yelling in a cloud uh, well, then, yes. thing that I wish – well, I mean, like when I'm saying, like I wish they would say something, but it's not going to. Hockey culture is not going to change overnight. I guess it's just like, like you said, they they should say something. They absolutely should. They need to take this seriously. And it's like, kind of going to spill into a question later in our question area. But yeah, you can continue. I just kind of want to. Oh no, yeah. Just just to strengthen your point, yeah, it's this should be happening. The these things should be taken seriously. It's not and. That's something I forgot about. Yeah, this isn't something that's just going to affect you just now. This this can affect you later in life. This could affect you for the rest of your career if you don't take it seriously. So to be honest, hearing these guys are going out to bars, it's it's a bit insulting. It's kind of discouraging. Like it's just like it seems like they're not taking it seriously at all. Yeah. It's insulting. I don't take it personally, but yeah, it discouraging. It's it's frustrating because you know we all want to see hockey come back. Like do like I said, I don't think it. I. Personally, it's just my opinion. I don't think that they should. Um, I do. I think that that is frustrating for you know the fact that there's not going to be a champion this year. Yeah, like if that's the case, yeah, intensely frustrating. Is it something that they could control? I mean, no. Could they they stop the coronavirus? No. Yeah, like nobody, nobody could have stopped this from happening. Nobody in the NHL could have stopped this from happening. What you can do now is you can stop it from spreading. And I'm, I just, I don't think that they're taking it seriously enough. I, I have. There's absolutely no, there's nothing you can tell me like that, you know, anything realistic right now you can tell me that would prove to me that, that, um, they aren't like that. The, most of these players are taking this seriously. I, I don't think they are, man. It's, it's the NHL. It's white hockey players, dude. Come on. Like it, it is what it is. And, you know, it sucks, but yeah, like you said, you can just only hope that they, you know, moving forward from here, you know, the NHL can step in and make some guidelines and really hold down on that because you, you can't have guys going to bars. You, you just can't, you know, that can't be happening. And, you know, the worst thing is, and this is, you know, me being, you know, just pessimistic. You wonder if they're wearing masks or not. That's the first thing I think about. I doubt it. That's exactly. That's the first thing I, I think about and that. You know, and maybe I'm just, you know, looking for trouble, but it, it, you know, I mean, it's not like the NHL, you know, it's not like they haven't um, been the most white sport in the entire world, the most annoyingly conservative. Like if you are, you know what, if you vote red, 
your prerogative. I'm not going to judge you, but there's a difference between voting red and being stubborn and going by the the definition of the word conservative and not being accepting any anything else besides what you believe in. That is cool. And that's the issue at hand here. So I guess that's just yeah. I guess that's just me. Maybe I'm virtue signaling. Maybe I'm being a soy boy. Whatever. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just sick of this shit, man. I want hockey back and I want these people safe. So I just hope that they put themselves in the right position for that. I like at the end of the day, that's what I want. Uh, yeah. I want everyone to be safe, and if that if that means canceling the season, then go right ahead. And if that also means like they get they got the green light to play, and everyone's kind of agreed to play if they want to or stay home, then like do that. Just whatever, yeah. whatever, like you know, like keeps everyone safe. Yeah, in the words of one Donald J. Trump, the entire concept of death really is terrible. We don't like people dying. That sucks. No. Really Anyways, not. moving on to uh, terrible. Speaking of, speaking speaking of, of terrible, terrible, yeah. <laughs> the Minnesota Wild. Canucks Wild series. Yeah. Even happens. So last time you went really deep into the Oilers Blackhawks series, only because we're Blackhawks fans, and it might even right, be like right. here in Edmonton. And we but... hate Edmonton. He hates Edmonton. I fucking hate Edmonton. Edmonton's terrible. God. But I also hope they win, so we get left left run here. Go Oilers, go Oilers. Oh yeah, go oh, yeah, yeah. We talked about yeah, we said the Blackhawks. Yeah, you know, five game series they went. No, I never. Uh, I never said clean, that. We never said that. Oilers in a clean game three sweep. Exactly. Game sweep. Oh man. All right. Hawks don't score one goal, so we can all say, "See, they deserve Lafreniere." Yeah. Maybe God, every game's like, like ten to nothing. McDavid and Drysdale doing like ten points each. Ten points each. Oh, one thing I wanted to I wanted to ask you and sort of ask you, see what anybody else listening to this thinks. Um, if you do, leave a comment down below. Let your friends know. Subscribe. Like, subscribe. Uh, Smash think, that like button. Do you think there will be an NHL team in the qualifying rounds that's going to tank in some sense? I, I don't think so. Because, again, it's hockey. Hockey, they want to win. Like, oh, no, I know. I think so. I, I don't think it's going to happen, honestly. But But imagine there's like one team that's just like, Oh man, uh, oh no! Like, let me think of a team. What team would do? Honestly, that? I I think it's just it's just me. But honestly, part of me thinks the Pittsburgh Penguins. I was gonna say that. I was gonna say that. But I don't they know what it know, is. But it's just a part of me thinks that the Penguins are gonna be like, oh, I don't want to play in a super qualifying round. Might as well get Lafreniere and then just come back here. Well, because they're nice and strong. Because well, the Penguins are in the playoffs, aren't they? No, they're in the qualifying round. Like, I think they're playing the Canadians. But they could easily. The thing is, I think that they would like. But that's so easy for them. Like, that's yeah, an easy matchup, yeah. But. Well, me thinks it's like they just deliberately just stop trying and just like make Carey Price look good and just be like, oh, no, Carey Price stole that series just as well. Oh, no. Of Alex Lee Lafreniere. No. Oh, no. I don't oh, know. wait, but their first round pick is the Wild. Yeah, but I think it's lottery protected. So fuck, you're right. Oh, you're right. No, we talked about this. God, it would be funny if like it was lottery protected and it's Minnesota got first overall. <laughs> yeah, I'd love that. Well, I don't know if I would, but yeah. You know what? I you know I could, a team I could see. No, no, no. I couldn't see because Quinville's behind their bench. No, I don't think Florida does that. Yeah, there's no way. Quinville, dude. The, yeah, and like they finally have a chance at like. Playoff revenue. In the playoffs, yeah. Yeah. Like, uh, but whatever. Okay. So, um, 
I don't think a team tanks, but like I don't know. Just part of me thinks the Penguins. I don't know. I, I could see no, that, but that would be the funniest one, dude. If it was Penguins fans choosing, because in their oh my god, I'm sorry. Any Pittsburgh fans? If there's like any, yeah, because I'm because everybody listens to our podcast, right? Um, oh, yeah. If there's if there's any of you listening out there, if you're great, you know, if you're a good Penguins fan, you know who you are. You know that. Um, but I am so sick of you people acting like the world is falling because Matt Murray isn't elite anymore. <laughs> he never was. Sorry, he never was. Matt Murray was never an elite goaltender. He was never elite. He was very good. And the fact that he's not very good for one season does not mean that he's garbage. And you know what? When you trade him to the Buffalo Sabres and he ends up being a great goaltender, don't come crying to me because you know what? I, you know what? That would be fucking – I would fucking love Matt Murray in a Blackhawks uniform. That You know what? He's not – you know, I don't know if I – don't, I, I don't think he's been elite yet, but you know what? He's still young, and he you know, reminds me of – Like 25, I think, or 26. Like he's still fairly young. I think he's like, yeah, I think he only has like one year left. You know what? I'm going to look up that up. Yeah. God, I completely segued. I, I segued the fucking conversation about the wild uh, Canucks, but I think that is a good, an interesting conversation. How, yeah. How around is like, first overall pick. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. I, I do think, though, that it's an interesting conversation. I do think that there, I do think that there, like, there could be one team that looks at this and goes, hey, we got. Like, what if they look at it and they go, we don't know if we have a shot. Like, what if we what if they think? That, what if they really think they don't have a shot? Great, love my stuttering there. But I yeah. don't know, man, but the, the, like, we brought this up already. The NHL is so stubborn. Do you think there's going to be a team that, like, there's probably a team thinking uh, about it, there's, there's going to be a team that actively goes out and does it. Uh, if it's a team on the outside looking in, there's a team on the outside looking in, I think that that's possible. And yeah, Matt Murray did have, uh, definitely have a rough year this year, for sure. But, like, he's 26 years old, and judging so Matt Murray by is actually year. a RFA this year like Dude, judging by every other season he's had he's great he's a very good goaltender he has one year and all of a sudden you, he needs to be traded and he's going to get traded and he's going to go to a team and he's going to wreck oh, shit oh yeah it, dude, he's gonna win. I'm, I'm. I so hope they trade him and he wins the cup. Yeah, somewhere he's else. an he's an RFA, so the Blackhawks pick him up cheap, sign him, get him the backup for Crawford, kind of like split. Yeah, boom, Bob's your uncle, and Mark, exactly. yeah, like last year, 2018-19, he had a two sixty nine nice goals against average and a nine nineteen save percentage. Even though it was nine twenty. <laughs> then, like, man. Uh, Speaking of an off year for a goalie, though. Oh, Dubnik! I Devin freaking Dubnik. I did not know what you talked about. Here we go. Yeah, we're we're getting into it. Here we go. Like we go to something else. So the first conversation about this series I want to have uh, to get into it is the goaltending because, good lord, it is immensely lopsided. Oh yeah, at one hundred percent. Oh my god. Like I mean, we'll get into who our picks and whatnot at the end. I think that we'll agree very much. Yeah. But man, oh man, like, like Alex Stalock. Good, good, good pickup. You know, solid goalie to have. Don't know if I want the guy starting in a playoff series at all. I don't know if I want either goalie, just the way Dubnik plays. No, no, I don't want <laughs> Dubnik right now. I mean, maybe he finds his form. I think that, you know, he's – God, I don't know his playoff stats. I think he's been fine. But I I don't know, man. I, I mean, goalies have, you know, rough years and they go into the playoffs. You know, look at Braden Holpe, you know. Like yeah, I don't know if it was awful, but he didn't have a good playoffs. Or, sorry, good regular season. He had a great playoffs because he won a Stanley Cup. But, yeah, 
you know, you look at uh, Dubnik's year. Yeah, I'm sorry. There's no way. Like, if they – if you give them the reins in the playoffs, it's – we all know it's because of, you know, pedigree, um, past pedigree. But, yeah, no, that's – it's just awful year for him. And if they're smart, they put Staloc in. Like, I mean – I know that maybe, like I said, maybe you put him in and he has a great year, like, you know, a la Mike Smith having, you know, that his, you know, rough season last year with the Flames. And then he goes into the playoffs with them and he wasn't at all. He had solid numbers and he wasn't in any way the reason they lost. Yeah. Um, and that's it, it, why I've, uh, just going back, but that's what I think the Edmonton Oilers are going to do. Oh, you, do you think they are? I think they should absolutely not start him because every single number and metric suggests otherwise. Because yeah. Nico Koskinen is actually a decent goalie, yeah. but Mike Smith is not good at all. But me thinks because he has because that pe- he has that pedigree. He's Mike Smith and also Dave Tippett's the coach. I bet they do that him. name. Oh, oh, for sure. Yeah, I remember we were um, we were talking about that, and I was listening to the podcast um, that we had done. And the more I, I listen to that part, I'm like, yeah, they're they're totally gonna fucking start this guy. Yeah, 100. <laughs> like, I'm fairly confident that they start Mike Smith. Yeah, you know what? No, you know what? Yeah, if they do, and he wants to go, and he wants to prove us wrong, please do, please do, because Alexi Lafreniere and Lafreniere's waiting for us. Him. Yeah, no, he's. I talked to Batman last week, and he, you know, what? he told me he got done for me. And I'm very happy to say that Lafreniere will be a Blackhawk, but you didn't hear that from me. You know, Capo Kakinen, um, five games, nine thirteen save percentage. It's not bad. I don't think he started well. No, I don't think he starts. He's probably not even on the team. They might not. Really. Nice. Hey, is he old? I just think he's a nice piece. I just I don't know why. He's young. I remember he was on the actually he was on the twenty sixteen oh. uh, Finland team that won World Junior that had that. Oh yeah, Kasperi Kapanen, uh, gold. Oh, uh, I saw a thing. It was like uh, there was a line of Line, Aho, and Puliarvi, and it's like. Who would have thought at that time that Sebastian Ajo would be would oh, be the best player? He was on that, that line. team. Yeah, okay. was. so was like Group A Hans and you know Yoni Tolula. He's in the Blackhawk system. He was on that yeah. team. Too. I'm trying to think of who else. Because it was a stacked ass team. I can't remember honestly. You know, I'm gonna look it up. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, while you get into that, I'm gonna pull up. Uh, so in contrast, so we have an 890 save percentage from Dubnik, 910 from Stalock. Go over to the Canucks. Uh, so Thatcher Demko, rookie season, 905. It is his rookie year, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah. Either way, um, 905 save percentage for him. Uh, really, you know, pretty solid year, as young as he is. Um, I don't like, I mean, Canucks fans, I'm sure you can, you know, I got, I, I, know, I know a couple of them. I'm sure you could tell me, you know, if I'm right or not, but he, he looked like he was having a really solid year, you know, 905 for your first year. That's not bad at all. Oh, yeah, um, Kapanen was on that team too. He's got the the uh, overtime uh, winning goal, the golden goal. Yep, yeah. Same with Miko Rantanen and, yeah. Miko Rantanen, he does. What a team. Yeah, Finland, man, they're they're coming up. They're coming up. Oh, yeah. But uh, the one you and I, I know, big fans of this guy this year, Jacob Markstrom. And this is on – and, yeah, to the point of uh, Thatcher Demko, I mean, this is a guy who's – this Canucks team really is – it's not that good defensively. It's Quinn Hughes and it's, you know, Everyone fuck. Else. Pardon my, you know what? It's an explicit podcast, whatever. Yeah, it is. I'm pretty sure it's I, explicit. Yeah, good things to me and, like, literally nothing else. But, um, yeah, uh, Jacob Markstrom in front of the Canucks defense, 918 save percentage, 
That's fantastic. No, oh, yeah. He was, you know, if God, if hockey men and just because don't journalists vote on don't no, it's the general managers that vote on the Vesma. Which is it's only general managers. It's only general managers? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Come on. Yeah, that yeah, I'm sorry. That's the most hockey men thing ever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, if 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 people looked more into these things, the guy like Jacob Markstrom, he's up there. He he should be up there. I mean, it should be Hellebuck all the way, but a guy like Markstrom should be at least in the top five. Never mind Hellebuck for Vezna, Hellebuck for Hart. Oh, for sure. No, he should win the Hart. It should be Hellebuck and Panarin, you know, one and two. Yeah. You can and say Panarin, I won't argue. Either who, I'll be I'll be I'll be content with who either wins it. Joyce Hill or Panarin or not Joyce Hill, Jesus, Panarin and uh, <laughs> Hellebuck. Joyce Hill as good as the season he had, like you look at his uh, underlying numbers, like I'm pretty sure I even brought that up on the last podcast. You did, yeah. Not very sure. good. Not very good at all. I mean, I wouldn't be offended if he was like in a perfect world. I wouldn't be offended if he was third because of the insane year oh, he yeah. had. Definitely, like if he's third, I'm okay. But yeah. like, Panarin and Hellebuck no. sparring away, at least one and two. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Well, so I think it's easy to give. This one's not even a conversation. I mean, the edges. Vancouver by far. I mean, I would take Thatcher Demko over Alex Daylock. I I think that let me look at this. Would you take the Wilds defense over the Canucks? I don't really know any of like the offense numbers or anything, but like you look at their offense, at least from offensive um yeah. production. Like Brian Stewart actually had a decent year in terms of points. Jared Spurgeon, who I know for fact Jared is, Spurgeon, that's the guy I'm forgetting. Yeah. One of like good the player. most underrated defensemen in the NHL. And for you sure. work at his stats, it's ridiculous how good he is. Like his underlying numbers. Same with Jonas Brodin, but he's mostly just good defensively. But see that's the thing. I don't think the, the Canucks don't really have a guy like a Jonas Brodin. They have Quinn Hughes and they have Tyler Myers spinning in circles most of the time. I don't know, man. Just Vancouver, they have so much firepower. It's like, yeah, they got Patterson, but you also got JT Miller's point per game. Yeah. Bill Horvat, who had a good year. Tanner Pearson as well. And Tyler Toffoli kind of just came in there one point per game. Oh, I forgot. Yeah, Toffoli, what a nice pickup. What a perfect pickup, honestly. He's yeah. going to be great with Patterson. Yeah, if they, if they resign him, that is. Yeah, Actually, no, I doubt it's happen because they their their cap space. It's, it's really oh yeah, because oh, they invest so much money in Jay Beagle and like and like Jay Joe Beagle Anderson. was it three million or something? Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, it's definitely money. But there's no way it wouldn't. But not money. He should be, be, be getting paid. I like Adam Goddard too. Adam Goddard's a nice piece. Oh yeah, he had a pretty uh, decent year. I forget what, like, if it's his like first year. Well, First, first year, yeah. wasn't bad. Like I'm just looking at their offense, and it's just like they have so much more star star power that I think it can kind of oh, overpower yeah. the offense and goaltending. <laughs> That's like the big advantage, kind of like how in that the Oilers and Blackhawks series, like the goaltending, it's just so lopsided. Yeah. Look at also, um, you want to hear a fun fun fact stat? Is uh, the uh, and daily face off, the Canucks have the number one ranked second line. <laughs> <laughs> Who's on the second line? What are, they, what are their lines like? Uh, well, the first line you've got uh, Hor- and see, it's because your first line they, they have Horvat in the top line. What the hell? They probably I don't know if that's what the Canucks are actually doing. Then I'm sorry, that's a little. Uh, I don't know about that. It's probably reversed. I don't know. Yeah, it, it it would make complete sense. I would. Yeah, I mean, 
I understand Patterson's younger, but like, I don't know, man. Horvat's not, he's not a first line center. That's fine. He's a great second line center. And he doesn't have to be a first line center because they have Patterson. Yeah. Yeah. You have, he is, yeah, he is your first line center, but Horvat, Pearson, uh, Besser, which is, yeah. That's a perfect second line. Yeah. I don't know about Pearson. Pearson's, I don't know. Pearson had like 21 goals and 24 assists. So obviously he's doing something. This year? Yeah, this year. Oh my god! Well, good for him. Shit, I did I not know. know. I'm kind of surprised when I saw him. Like I thought he was uh, like he was kind yeah. of someone that trailed off. But yeah, I thought that's he was like for. good for him. Yeah, that's, yeah for. that's a very that's a very solid second line. Then yeah, that's absolutely. They trade him for they trade him for Good Branson. <laughs> what a great trade for them. <laughs> it was to Pittsburgh too. Oh yeah! Oh my god! And then Pittsburgh traded Good Branson to Anaheim. Like Good Branson, has been everywhere now. It seems like he's just writing Pine. I think. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but he was he was drafted. Yep. Was he drafted second overall? Third overall, right behind. Third overall. Uh, Taylor he versus a chance Taylor. on him. Take a chance on him. Zach McEwen. Uh, let's see, it's Zach McEwen, Antoine Roussel, Adam Gaudet is a third line. I know that Zach McEwen is elite because he has to be because I have his Young Guns card. So. Oh. He needs to be. Um, but Antoine Roussel, I think he – am I wrong in thinking he, he – did he have a good year? Not point-wise, but like his underlying no. stats, at least from last Isn't year. Isn't he really so good? Like, okay. Isn't he really good like, defensively? I don't know. I, I know he's like an underrated playmaker. I, no. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that's enough. I don't want to give more credit to Antoine no, Roussel. No, never. Before. Apparently, the Blackhawks really wanted him when they were training Sharp Dallas like five years ago. Oh my God, dude! Well, see, we're gonna beat the shit out of him in the locker room, dude. They got what they got: Ryan Garbutt and Trevor Daly and Sam Lucco. Oh well, yeah, that works. <laughs> I would have gladly taken Roussel over Garbutt. I would oh, gladly. Yeah. Fucking, then we trade Garbutt for Seek. <laughs> Hell yeah, you're catch baby, my boy. Kate's going down the rabbit hole right now. <laughs> oh yeah, but um, uh. Let's see. Yeah, I'm. I want to pull up Wild here, Minnesota Wild. You know, oh god, I'd love to see uh, Fiala back in the playoffs. Oh, no. That'd be nice. Yeah, so good. Like he, his his production down the stretch. Like I think it was his points per sixty. I could be wrong. But like points per sixty minutes. Like he was right up there with. I, I'm pretty sure his was better than Patrick Kane. Wow, really? Yeah. Shit. Like he had a horrendous oh. start. And he has like fifty-four points in sixty-four games. Like that, it looks so like that looks pretty good. But like he was like well over point per game down the stretch. I know that. Yeah, I would. I mean, I'm easily taking Vancouver's offense. It's you know, if I didn't, I'd be crazy. Um. Uh, let's see. But defense. I very, very much like Minnesota's defense. Yeah, it's all right. It's okay. I don't really know like, the advanced stats on, like, uh, Suter, but I know Spurgeon's really solid defensively. Like, he's just good everywhere. And then same with Brodeen and Yeah. I love oh, Brodeen and Dumba. But D- Dumba, Dumba cool. is, like, good offensively, not so good defensively, though. Right, right. But that's, like, oh, I love Brodeen. It's a, it's a decent top four, I guess. It's solid. Is it good enough to like compensate for lack of goalie in that Vancouver offense, though? No, no, it's not. I don't think that. I like their defense, but the thing is, I don't. Yeah, that's the real question. I like, yeah, I don't think it makes up for the goaltending. Dubnik, Dubnik has just been that bad, and Stalock just is not. Stalock's fine. You know what? But it's but it's the Vancouver offense. So you're gonna have Pedersen, Toffoli, Miller. 
like you said, Pearson's having a good year. Brock Besser, I'm pretty sure he'll be healthy. I, I'm pretty sure he's going to be healthy. Um, and he oh, really? Him. I didn't see that. Uh, Besser? Besser, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I'm, I'm healthy or not. I'm not totally sure. Um, like I said, anybody. If he is, though, that's like, holy shit. Oh, yeah. If, if Besser's healthy, then. Forget yeah, about it. Know. Like, that's over. Like, yeah. The one thing I'm curious to see, and this is, you know, I'm not trying to be that person who acts like, any young players bet in the playoffs, but I wonder what Pedersen would be like. I wonder if what you're going to get from him. I, 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 I honestly think I think he's going to go like uh, God is a good comparison. Um, can't think of one necessarily, but I think he's going to dominate right off the bat. I do too. I think he's going to be yeah. just like he has like, in the NHL already. I'm thinking like you know, kind of Patrick Kane sort of did um, in his first playoffs. He was. If I remember right, he was great out. I know, right out. Oh nine, yeah, that yeah. game six against Vancouver, so in the conference finals. Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I give Vancouver a compliment. I have to bring them down a little bit, you know. Yeah, how it goes. Sorry guys, but uh, no, I I think that, you know, yeah, defense. I mean, you you do. We, we've talked about you know best offense is a good defense. Yada yada yada. But at the end of the day, it comes down to goaltending. So I I think Vancouver's defense, you know, wow. Um, I, I'm not so sure. I, I don't know what daily faceoff, where they get their, like what they use to determine their ratings exactly. Um, don't know if you know. Uh, I have no idea. Yeah, but Chris Tanev apparently has not been good. No. Not been very good, no. Yeah, I think he's yeah. been on the decline for the past couple of years. Yeah, should have traded him, man. Should have traded him when his stock was high. Yeah, I definitely yeah. agree. But I, yeah, but aside from him, Quinn Hughes, I think Hughes is going to be another guy who's going to. I think he'll have a rough couple of first games, but I think when he finds his footing, I think he's going to be really, really good. I just look at this. I look at the players from each team who could just like steal a series. Uh, Minnesota, I think Kevin Fiala would, but really, who else? At the Canucks, I see three people: Anderson, Hughes, and Markstrom. The one thing I worry about with the Wild is like, as great as Fiala's been, is he really like a game breaker? Is he you know what I mean? Is like, can he carry that offense? Because right, like he's a great piece him. and he's he's been fantastic, no doubt. But I don't. But is he that guy? Yeah, is he that game changer? Can he carry? Can he really like you know? Can he carry an offense in the playoffs? You know what I mean? Like you know, you rely on a guy like Patrick Kane, your McDavid, your Crosby. You know, even like, you know, what's a what's a more fair example? Um, God, I want to say Kucherov. That's not 2016 anymore. He's actually, you know, good. He's good, good now. But um, I can't really think of anyone. Uh, maybe like a Brock Besser. You know, like he's a guy who I think that, you know, he's going to make a difference in the playoffs. Like, you know, you have that guy in your line. He's going to score. He's going to carry that line a little bit. I think he's the kind of guy who can do that. But is he that kind of player, or is he more along the lines of a JT Miller, where he's not saying they're the same player, but is it a guy who plays who in the playoffs will be really solid with a good player, but you know, can he carry the line on his he own? Drive the offense by himself. Like, exactly. Like I don't force. Exactly. Exactly. I don't doubt that. I'm yeah. If I looked into the statistics, I'm sure I could find a little bit more of that. Heard you click there. So oh, yeah. you're on that. Fantastic. I'm just but, around. Yeah. I don't, I mean, he's driven possession for a long time, but, there's a difference between like Ryan Carpenter drove possession in Vegas. Like, you know, can he really, 
Can he not just drive? Like, can he, you know? Yeah, exactly. There's a, yeah, a whole different story. God, I remember, I remember hearing about that too when I, when they traded for him and someone like one of my uh, uh, Minnesota Wild friends, our mutuals on Twitter, um, uh, posted a statistic and it was his, uh, his possession numbers next to Mikhail Gramlin's. And, you know, it was like, uh, it was, it's that one, uh, copy pasta where it's like you know, the, you know hiding behind uh the wall and it's like hey i don't think this trade's that bad <laughs> like I when really he figures like i remember first seeing it, i'm like what the fuck was uh minnesota thing and like after that i'm like oh fiala could be i really i've always liked fiala like, even since his draft year i'm like fiala can hit a ceiling man that's like that's a really good trade for minnesota yeah. and you remember the whole paul fenton thing and like that i'm, yeah, I don't I'm not gonna hide it i i trashed the shit out of that trade and paul fenton in general but like you know, there that man. Paul Fenton article, <laughs> and that's when we said we should uh trade uh, was it Perlini for Fiala? Oh, I, I fucking remember yeah, that. you know what? And that was never gonna happen, but we got Regula back, which isn't back. It's saying hey, Alex, 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 I don't even think Perlini scored any goals on the Red Wings, but again, no, he had one goal and I saw it live again. Who did score on the I Red did in person? But I saw it, uh, like it was against Boston because Boston's a bunch of garbage. Oh, yeah. Rask is bad. and Rask can never he, get it done on the big stage. Never get, yeah, he never get it done on the big stage. God, he'll never carry He'll never carry his team. To yeah, the like that, that 920 uh, save percentage in the regular season lifetime and that 930 save percentage in the, the playoffs lifetime, nothing. It means nothing. Like, he's just he just can't get it done. I love yeah. how, like, with Boston fans, it's like he gets them, you know, he's – he gets them in the playoffs and he does a great job. And they're like, oh, he'll never get him to the finals. And then he gets to the finals and they're like, oh, he'll never get a cup. It's like, what What does he have to do? Yeah, like, well, it's Boston. They have high standards for their sports. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's like when they don't win it, when at least one of their teams doesn't win a championship, that's like the equivalent of, equivalent of, equivalent of like 50 years without a Oh, we only won two major championships. Yeah. What the fuck? But, um... What was I going to say? Uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It, honestly, I I mean I was trying to make this kind of interesting as much as I could and talk about, you know, like, you know what what the matchups will be, but um, I there's no I don't see any way Minnesota wins this series. I think it's Vancouver it's in four games. Years, man. I have Vancouver four. Hold up, is Miko Koivu a second, a fourth line center right now? He might be. I don't know. I think wow, he's injured. That... Is he not? I don't even know. Yeah, it's kind of sad that he's dropped he, off. This is on. He returns to the lineup. He will center a line with Jordan Greenway and Ryan Hartman. So he's, that was it. Was Greenway? Ryan Hartman. Blackhawk. We got Nicholas Bodan out of him. And Khrushchev. And uh, and. Can't forget Victor Edsel. Oh hell yeah, elite scoring forward. The Are next one. You, you think the less like you thought like the the fourth round pick would be like the less like the lesser value like that fourth round pick. Kershaw might be the best player. Ever oh play. for sure. Oh I, I yeah 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 Zach Parise on the second line. I don't know how I feel about that man. Remember Zach Parise was supposed to go to the Islanders, but that didn't work out. Oh yeah, wait, like that crazy ass trade. I can't remember what happened. I fell through. I know that. Didn't he like veto it? I honestly don't remember. That seems like a lifetime ago. Yeah, I think he vetoed it. Um, but he's, yeah, I'm not. I, I'm not gonna completely trust. Uh, 
uh, daily faceoffs ratings in this because I you know, I don't know where it comes from. But yeah, he's ranked 17th left winger. So yeah, I don't know. It's probably more defensive stuff and whatnot. Like you know, maybe yeah, it's sure how they I don't know what it is, but you know. But oh, Parise. He did. Oh, Parise did have 46 points though. Yeah, it is decent. And, I think. Yeah, yeah, not bad at all. Nice good, good I like Zach Parise. He's a good old American boy. Good American kid. He's not a pinko, so good for him. Good Minnesota kid, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it's, but yeah, I mean, with Vancouver, it's like you the defense, like Alex Edler, second line, second line defenseman Alex Edler. I don't know how I feel about that. You know, like he's not. I don't know if he's really that solid anymore. Like he might be fine. And then Oscar Fantenberg exists, apparently. That's not going to lie, that one I have. I don't know who that is. I, I've heard the name. I don't know who that is. Uh, God, how much was Tyler Myers signed to? Oh, man, I can't remember at this point. I, I, will, I will look that up real quick. I um, want to say like $7 million per for five years, something like that. Yeah, that $7 million is sitting on your third pairing. I don't right remember, now. honestly. That, again, Jesus, that, man. that was over a year ago now. Yeah, I – oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to lie. This defense is pretty atrocious besides Quinn Hughes. I like Troy Stetcher offensively, but I, I'm not going to lie. I don't know much else about him. So I like the piece, but everything else, man, yeah. But the thing is, this offense is so potent. And you can – it can just be Minnesota comes in. Like, if you're thinking just like, you know, in, in, a, in a game, it's just Minnesota can come in. They get a good chance, but Jacob Markstrom's in net, so chances are he's gonna he's gonna stop it, even in behind this defense. And then all that defense, all that defense has to do is get the puck up to Pedersen. you know Elias Pedersen, Brock Besser if he's healthy, a Tyler Toffoli, an Adam Goddard who's having a solid rookie year. You Miller, get it up, had yeah. The, who had the highest point production on the team? Yeah, dude. Like you could. Oh, this offense, man. Jake Fitanen was on pace for like a 20 plus goal season, 20 assist season, kind of like 45 points kind of thing. And while Ryan Suter, I don't know if Ryan Suter is really that good anymore. I don't know. I've heard he's, he's fine. declined. Yeah, exactly. He's he's not the, the same. Career. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, Jared Spurgeon, you know, solid defenseman. Is he a first line pairing defenseman? I actually argue he is, but like, is that enough? <laughs> well, yeah, I would say, is that enough? Yeah, is that enough? Like, can he carry Ryan Suter's load? Like, I, I mean, you know, I, I see him as a first-line pairing guy. I guess my question is, is he a number one defenseman? I don't know. I, I like him as a top yeah. pairing guy, but, like, I just don't know if that's enough to the room to yeah. stop that, that Canucks offense, honestly. Yeah, and, you know, I know you and I both like Jonas Brodin. I, you know really solid player wish he was a Blackhawk, but again, you know, can, you know, with Dumba being a little more defensively inept, can you, can he carry that line? I don't think so. So I, I don't know. I think, I think maybe Minnesota gets one game in the series, but yeah, I already that's maybe I'm, I'm actually pretty confident saying clean sweep for Vancouver. Oh, really? I think Vancouver in four. I think Minnesota gets game, but I still think Vancouver wins. I don't know. I mean, and you know what? I, I feel weird saying, a sweep, but you know what, man? I just I know this. Um, I don't think Travis Screen is, is coached the team in the playoffs yet, has he? No, the last time we were in the playoffs was in 2015, I think. Yeah, they lost to Calgary in that first sure. I remember that. Oh, that insane game. Se- was it game seven? I think it was game six. I remember Vancouver was up like three, yeah, four, nine. They had four, and seven. They blew yeah. it. Holy shit, that seems like a lifetime ago, also. Yeah, 
so I could see some, yeah, I could totally see them having uh, some uh, some growing pains. Yeah, maybe they do. Minnesota gets a game out of them, but I don't know. I just, I see it leaning more towards a sweep. I just, I don't know. This is a team that obviously Minnesota, I don't think they were, they weren't, were they far out? Yeah, okay. it's a miracle they somehow got back. Like they were like they got rid of their head coach Bruce Boudreau. Like they made that sucker trade where they got rid of him. Like they were actively he was pissed off. Did you read the story about that? Uh Bruce Boudreau. Oh yeah, I've, I've yeah, have. yeah. It's not surprising now. Yeah, not at all. But <laughs> I mean, it. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I just don't. I. It seems like Minnesota, the big thing about them, and I feel like this is a big thing for a lot of teams to get into the playoffs, is that they seem to have – they're not winning off of – they're not winning because one or two players are carrying them. <clears throat> Oilers, um, it seems to be that it's just a well-oiled machine. That It seems like it's just a team that's gelled very well. So that's what I feel like – that's the only thing that I'd have going for them in the series. Yeah, they're definitely <laughs> hot on the stretch, but like at the same time, no one's played in a few months. So. Yeah, also, yeah, yeah, but it, yeah, that's true. Yeah, so a lot of those things, I guess, yeah, that kind of goes down the drain. They were just, let's see, points wise, they were points wise. You know, they were they were right outside. They were, they were a point. like only a point or so. Well, like it was probably close. Hold on, let me see points. Am I looking? Oh, the games played. Let me see points. No, I was not looking at the right thing. Uh, Minnesota is. Hold up, I'm. Oh my god, I'm, I'm reading something wrong here. Points wise, one, two, three, five, four. Uh, not sure what I'm missing here, but no, they were a couple points out. Yeah, only a couple points out. So I don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, they definitely, they they could have been in there. So I, I mean, I just don't know, man. I don't know. It's just that that Canucks offense and that their goaltending. I mean, those. Are the, I feel like if you don't have defense and you have a goalie like is it's been as good as Jacob Markstrom has been, and you have an offense that good, I I don't know. I just I don't see. I can't see Minnesota pulling out of this one. I don't either. I just that's another thing. I just really really don't see Minnesota winning. I just, yeah, I can't look at that roster and just I I can't tell myself that that's gonna win. I, I don't know. I know that again. I know they got hot. I know that they had a hot stretch, but like you said, it's nothing. Yeah, like the yeah, yeah like exactly. Much more, you can't be, carry that. Be almost five months since anyone played. That's like like a, we were talking last podcast. Uh, I know I had brought up like Kirby Doc, and you're gonna see his D plus two year. You're gonna see Adam Bokefist D plus three year. It, this is basically a new season for these guys. You know, yeah. you know things like you know things like hot stretches. You're not like that. That, that doesn't count. You know, it, it, it can't because you can't carry that momentum. So, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Canucks and three. I have Canucks and four. I think okay. this is a good Canucks game, but, yeah, I still think Vancouver wins this pretty, like, easily, honestly. So, Yellow, Suter, don't care, don't matter. Canucks and three. <laughs> All right. Um, do you have anything else to bring up, or can we head on to the Twitter questions? Let's head on to the Twitter questions, absolutely. All right, let's awesome. do this. Um. So the first one is uh, draft-related um, from our good pal Charles at Keener Rocket 17 um, Does Anton Lindell get picked in the top 10? Uh, are you asking me that? Because uh, he should. 
He absolutely should. Does he? I let me think. Let me think. Let me look at okay, just to remind myself of the prospects. Because I it's I yeah, I mean, obviously you know that I think he should. Um does he that's an entirely different that's question. Two different questions. Yeah, yeah. Let and just... I have two different answers. Okay. Okay. Well, uh, actually, you know, if you want to pop yours out there, um, so he okay. absolutely should be picked in the top ten. Do I think he does? Honestly, I don't think so. Think he does. I really I, you think, uh, it seems like even when we're talking to Chris Peters, it just seems like the feel is that like yeah, he was not high on him. Not really high on him. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. You know what? Let me see. With Perfetti getting a lot of hype. Yeah, he's been like, who, a lot more hype down the stretch. Who would be in that top ten? Like, who who's going to be there instead? Right? Like, who's going to be there if it's not going to be Lindell? Um, because of course it's going to be you got Lafreniere, you got Byfield, you got Stutzla. Um, I think well, of course Drysdale. Um, I I think that Sanderson's going to be in that top ten. Uh, I think Raymond's still there. I think Rossi's still there. You know, yeah, yeah. not getting the hype he deserves. Um. Hashtag short kings. So here's kings. here's Bob McKenzie's top ten: Alexi Lafreniere number one, Tim Stutzel number two, Quinn Byfield number three, Jamie Drysdale number four, Cole Perfetti number five, Lucas Raymond number six, Marco Rossi number seven, Jake Sanderson number eight, Alexander Holtz number nine, and Jack Quinn number ten. And Anton Odell is at number twelve. I don't. Yeah, the first eight: Holtz and Quinn. I don't know if I if I'll, I mean Holtz maybe. Holtz definitely in the top ten, but Quinn no, really no. I don't know. I've kind of I've seen Holtz maybe as like falling to around like twelve, but I've definitely come around Quinn. I just don't think he's a top ten pick. I think he's kind exactly, of like yeah. outside of it, like a twelve to fifteen range, but not in the top ten. Yeah, I don't. I don't think he's picked top ten. No, I, I don't think so. I, I think and you know what? If he wants to fall lower, Hawks want to get their hands on a first round pick. I am perfectly fine with that. So no, I do not think he gets picked top ten. Hockey men suck. No, I I don't either, but he absolutely should be. It sucks because he's such a good player. Like uh, I understand he doesn't have the flash, but he just does everything so efficiently that like he's a perfect like shutdown second line center who you can put in all situations. Oh my god, I would. Mm, oh, best case scenario, if the Blackhawks oh. got got his their hands on him, it's Dak number one, Blundell number two, and you're set for fifteen years probably. Dude, imagine like I. Uh... You have your Kirby Doc as your number one. You know, well, yeah, I mean, unless, you know, uh, well, it's 2020, I guess anything can happen at this fucking point. But, uh, yeah, Kirby Doc's your first line center for, for you know, like hopefully for a long time. Um, and then say you somehow luck into Lafreniere and say you, God, I don't like this, but say you trade Brandon Saad for a first round, like a late first round pick, right? Like, yeah. like a, you know, early 20s, late teens. And Lindell because hockey men falls, and then you have the future of Kirby Doc, Anton Lindell, and Lafreniere next to Kirby Doc. And then because you didn't get a scar off, you find a way to trade for Matt Murray. I don't know how you do that, just putting it out there. That's galaxy brain shit right there. Galaxy brain shit is <laughs> totally gonna happen. No, it's great because it's not gonna happen, but I would. Oh, that's my that's like my dream summer. That's my dream quote unquote summer because we don't have that. Um, so the next question, um, we talked about this earlier, uh, a bit, 
but we haven't talked about it specifically with the Hawks. Yeah, we kind of touched on it earlier, but like this yeah. is specific to the Hawks. Wally asks um, at Walmart thirty five. Oh yeah, and before we talk about this, you absolutely should check out. I've I've written like like only a couple articles, but we started. Me and Wally actually started a new uh, publication, Crow's Nest, yeah. and he's been doing much of the the articles i'm going to try to get some articles out this week i'll have to talk to him about that because he's been doing everything but he's done an incredible job he did a breakdown of uh lucas carlson and he also did a breakdown of slater cuckoo he's been doing a fucking fantastic job so just shout out an article of course i didn't agree with it um but it was uh talking about why he thinks patrick kane's a little bit overrated and while yeah i don't agree with it i thought he did a fantastic job you know presenting his argument like i you know even if you don't agree with it which I know a lot of Hawks fans won't. I, I'm with you. Great writing. I think he's putting a lot of work into it. He's like yeah, taking okay. the time to make it the best he can. Like it's not just being. That's like that's like a debate for another episode too. I'm kind of. Oh yeah. I'm kind of in the middle. Oh yeah, yeah. That's it's a, it's a weird. It's such a. To be honest, he's a very um, like um, what, what's the word I'm looking for? Like unique case, especially yeah. with how damn good he is offensively. But yeah, different conversation, different time. Um, but I do have to read that Lucas Carlson one. I really need to read that. I love Lucas Carlson. Okay. So Wally asks, think any Hawks opt out of return to play? And um I want to hear you have to say first on that, actually. Again, like I said earlier, I think there are players that wanna kinda opt out to not play, but again, NHL is just such a conservative league, so quiet is there gonna be a person or a player that just stands out and says, no, I don't want to play. I don't know if we're going to see that, but it's definitely going to be interesting to see if we do because if one person does it, then uh, a whole bunch of other players are going to do it. I'm pretty I'm pretty confident in that, but if no one does it, then no one's going to like it. Like, you know, like if yeah. it does get done, there's going to be like a huge uh, like TikTok or domino effect, sorry. TikTok, oh. I don't know why. I don't want to think about that right now. God. supposed to be working on my head, not hurting it. Uh, so... I'm, I mean, honestly, I'm, I can't really say anything you didn't say there. Um, completely agree. Um, so I think we can also agree one player, if there was one player in the team who would uh, who would speak up and not play three, two, one. Yeah, Jonathan Taves. Yeah, yeah. He's the only person I think that would have the, the balls to actually speak up. And yeah, say. he does it, but like Jonathan Taves has been pretty active on stuff like uh, – Yeah climate change and of course all the like everything that's happened happening in the world right now he spoke out against spoke that black lives matter movement as well yeah that's what yeah really really god so nice to see from an nhl player it's so refreshing definitely like taze is definitely one of the more like at least from what i've seen is definitely one of the more like progressive players out there like, at least that i know of so you know if he feels uncomfortable and yeah honestly it wouldn't surprise me if he spoke up but honestly i just don't think uh any Hawks opt out to return to play, and but here's another thing: uh, the conversation kind of continued underneath that. It's like uh, it was Vinny who said, "Do we have any guys who have bad underlying medical conditions?" And then Wally said, "Not that I'm aware of." And he says, "Shaw, Todd Smith, and Delia all have babies, so that's uh, like that's another thing. It's not just health; it's like also their family too, and they're yeah. all born recently." <clears throat> um, Shaw definitely won't be playing. I know that. Same with Smith. oh yes. And uh, Saad probably will. I know he has a young son, and yeah, really, I think he's born, I believe. 
Yeah. I think Saad plays, but, like, just Sean and Smith, I don't think they play because, like, they've had so much injury troubles this year. Are they really able to play in the first place? And are they even good enough to be in the line? Like, it's just – I don't think it makes sense. And Delia, I don't think he plays. He could potentially be a backup, but, you know, Crossroads game all that time. So, I don't think yeah, yeah. anyone would opt out. Saad's interesting because of that, but yeah, I don't think, like – I I, I, I uh, Speaking on that, I don't think Smith – I don't know if he plays another NHL game. I uh, isn't Shaw done? Um, I like for his career, I'm pretty sure he's done. Like his, like I'm pretty sure he's retiring. I guy. Do you talk about it? I don't know. I gotta look that up. I, I mean, I've been. I think he should. Absolutely, he should. You know, coming from somebody who's had you know plenty of brain injuries and and whatnot, I, you know, from what I know, I think that he absolutely should. Does he? That's you I could have sworn I saw it in like a Scott Powers, Towers article, or I'm just like tripping balls or anything. Or no, dude, all, no, other people have mentioned this too, but yeah, I, I think that he should. Does he? I don't. I don't think he does. No, I don't. I don't see it anywhere. But yeah, I th- honestly, I think he should retire for not just because he's like, but like for he has kids and for the sake of his health and his family. You don't want to be eating out of a straw in three years, you know. That's that's what it comes down to. Like you, know, you said, he's got a kid. Like he. Do you want to be there? Do you want to be? You've got two cups. You got a you got a pretty solid career. You know, honestly, for, for his situation, and you know, being passed over in drafts and whatnot, really damn good career for what he for the time that he played. So, yeah, I would really hope that he hangs it up because it would be it would be the right decision for him, his family, and he can go out with two Stanley Cup rings. That's pretty friggin' great. How many people can say that? Exactly. Hell, a lot of people can't say they even have one. He has two. So, um, but yeah. Zach Smith, I mean, he's how old is he now? He's like, God, I think he's late thirties. He's like thirty-two or something. And he, it's a back injury. It's a back injury. That's big. So he was already declining as much as he had. I don't, I don't see him coming back. If he does, it's like I don't know. I mean, he's a hockey player. You know, hockey players are hockey players. Yeah, they. God, you could put a you know. Kind of put a pull through their stomach and they'll just find a way to skate through it. Like, I don't know. We all know that, but even then, I just, I don't know. I think that I don't think he's coming back, but hey, well, hopefully he does. It's nothing that I don't think it's something like a, like a head injury where he's going to be, you know, like it's going to affect him necessarily mentally. But, you know, as long as he's, you know, as long as it's not like a Nathan Horton situation, I, I think, you know, it wouldn't be bad to see him back, but I just don't see it, you know. That's another thing. Like, if they're cleared to go, they're good and healthy, then I want to see them play. If they're not, then I just – I want them, like, to see them hang them up because I don't want them to get hurt or anything. Like, Yeah. Man, like, these guys have lives. That's that's what's most frustrating about it. I was having a conversation uh, with my friend yesterday about how people argue that athletes make too much. Um, and in my opinion, I, get it. I guess it's sort of just a – interesting topic to end uh, the podcast on and I don't think people realize um and I I played high school you know it's nothing it's it's high school hockey yeah me too when you're an athlete like you know when you love a sport you dedicate everything to that like when you really want to make it in that sport and you know I know that what I did in high school was like I dedicated all that time to it there are guys who are going out to to Canada when they're from U.S. to go and play in the juniors, guys from, you know, from overseas doing the same thing. Yeah, there's people that come from fucking, like, eastern Russia sometimes uh, to go to Canada or North America to play. 
Yeah, I remember reading the story about how Jonathan Taves, how his mom would like, she would randomly look at the, the picture of him in the fridge when he was 15 years old and cry because he was oh. over and, you know, go over playing in places like, you know, these people dedicate their entire lives to this and the cameras are on them all the time. They don't have time off. These guys will be paid this money. Like they, like, and I guess why I'm mentioning that is like they deserve that money. But because they're paid that money, that does not make them any less of a human being. A lot of times I see people saying things like, oh, well, you know, he's, he's making a million a year. He's making five million. He'll be fine. I understand that he's living he's living well. But for one, he he earned that money. And I'm not trying to, you know, I'm not trying to be like fascist sympathizer. But in this, But for the government that we have and the league that we have where we are right now, they have rightfully earned that money. But no amount of money, like when a guy has a back injury, like what Nathan Horton had for a bit where he said he feels like a zombie or with guys like Steve Monador ending up, you know, and yeah, ending up, I'm not trying to, you know, use that as a weapon, but to remind people that, yeah, these guys make this much money, but they're just as human as the rest of us. They bleed. Exactly. They bleed just like we do. Exactly. And I I think that in times like now when we're, you know, the world's on fire, I just, I want to mention that as a reminder that maybe we can try to think about other people, you know, maybe take that time to empathize because that, I don't think, I think that with this whole COVID thing, yeah, I'm frustrated with the players, but I'm frustrated because they're putting their lives and their families' health and well-being at risk because of this. That's the issue. And I think that we just fans in general need to keep that in mind. So you know, that's a good tip. Just be nice to people. It costs zero, zero money to be a good person. So it's so simple, but like it's just that's all. It, just don't be a dick to people. Like I don't understand it. Crazy, crazy concept, right? I know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, I guess on that note, um, I just want to say, Jimmy, yeah. that's fucking beautiful. Great way to end it. Oh yeah, thank you. I just yeah, I feel like yeah, it's just I don't know. I've been off social media. And I've I've gained my galaxy brain. Maybe that's what it is. I don't know. <laughs> it's our chemistry together. It's just like it is. we're so cute. I know. I know. We're a power couple. Couple. Power couple. We haven't even met yet, and I already love you. It's insane. I know. We're in different countries, and we love each other. We're in different countries, but our love is right next to each other. That's exactly. weird. <laughs> All right. Well, the power uh, of the internet. I have. Uh, I've been Jimmy. And this has been the PJ's cast. And who you've been Pierce, right? You're Pierce? I have been Pierce, yeah. yeah I was Pierce this podcast. All right. Well, uh, all of you, stay the fuck inside. Have a good day. Peace, y'all.